we do this when we give our lives to God and we go all in, right? We have nothing left to lose because if anything, our life's just going to get better. I mean, what was better our lives in sin and in hurt and in pain. Um, but ultimately we have everything to gain when we go all in with God and trust me when I say that God is so much better at this than we ever could be is so much more in store for us than we could ever imagine. And ultimately it comes down to just your decision of what you're going to do with your life. Welcome back, everybody, to the Light It Up podcast. This is part two of our fear and anxiety episode with Christopher Darden from the Vancouver Potter's House. If you have not seen part one, I suggest you go back on our YouTube channel or our Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, and check that out. It's part one, fear and anxiety. Make sure you watch that before you watch this one, part two. But without further ado, we're going to be launching into what we're talking about today. So, Christopher, why don't you start us off with our focus scripture? Matthew twenty-eight or twenty, uh, Matthew eleven rather twenty-eight says, "Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this these few verses here, at least to me, I really think about it. Another, another translation says, um, take my yoke upon you and for my burden is light and I will give you rest. Right. That's like, to me, that's a huge thing because a lot of times at least me, anxiety and depression and like just fear and hurts of life, they really are a heavy burden to carry. And it, it honestly feels sometimes physically like you have, like just a weight on your chest and on your shoulders, like you're carrying something. And this scripture is so powerful to me because it's like God asking us, like, come to me. Like, why are you carrying all this weight and this pain when I have so much greater for you? All you have to do is come and serve me and live for me. And so this scripture really sums up salvation, at least to me that like, why carry this heavy burden? when God has so much greater for us in store. Okay. Uh, JJ's going to read Genesis 21, 17, and we're going to continue talking about fear and anxiety and giving it to God. God heard the boy crying. Then the angel of God called out to Hagar from heaven. He said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him to my hand. I will make him in a great nation. That is a really powerful verse, I think. I mean, I know I'm doing a lot of talking here, but I really like this verse, right? That God's talking to Hagar, right? She's a a maid servant, I believe, and just not someone of great stature or someone that's super important necessarily in that time. But I like how God reaches down to her in her time of need and speaks to her and that kind of gives 
it kind of gives me hope, right? That like God doesn't look at our earthly status. He doesn't look at our earthly kind of position and where we are. He sees us as we are as people and he sees us in our need and our help and our, our times of trial and tribulations and like God's prophesying over this child, right? He's lift him up into my hand and I will make him a great nation. That's, that's very powerful, right? That, and that God has that for each and every one of us. I think that like, yeah, yeah we're going to struggle. We're going to cry out in times, but if we put our lives into his hands, he's going to make us into a great nation in a sense. Like he's going to make us into something much greater than we could ever be on our own. Um, to add on to that, it also says um, in 17, God heard the boy crying. So like, basically that god's not just going to be in heaven like okay i see you but he he actually heard him and he spoke to him yeah it's really powerful that like like i was saying god really does he sees us in every time of our lives he sees us in our good and in our bad which sometimes can seem a little scary right and god sees us at our worst but yeah. he really does love and care for us so, um, you know, that scripture, um, yeah, very powerful in, you know, how God hears us. And, and, you know, I think, Chris, this is something that even happened in your testimony. You know, um, I believe God heard you in your lowest moment, right? And he, and you feel that God was with you in that moment, even if you weren't feeling that right do you do you believe do you think that's because that's what happened in this story and i think that's happened for numerous people i've heard many testimonies of how god was there even though they didn't realize it or they did realize it and god in in their lowest moment was with them you know yeah. um so so i wanted to mention uh psalms 91 5 so this says you will not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow, the arrow that flies by the day. So I, when I was reading a commentary on Psalms 91, 5, um, it was saying, you know, the first word is you. So it's talking in the second person. It's talking about the reader. So it, this is in regards to the faithful people, God's people, God, the children of God will not fear. They will not be afraid. And there are numerous scriptures throughout the Bible that say, do not be afraid. Um, there is, I, I heard a sermon recently, it said somewhere around the number of 285 times that either God said or the Bible says, do not fear, do not be afraid. And I thought that was very powerful because as children of God, as people of faith, we believe in a big God. And he calls us numerous times to not be afraid and to trust in him. And, you know, that's what we're talking about, giving our anxiety and our fears and our casting our cares on God, you know. Um, and I want to ask Chris, was there ever a moment in your life uh, before or after salvation or just any moment in your life where you kind of gave your worries to God, gave your anxieties to God. And if you did do that, what did God do with that? What did you see God do with that fear and anxiety? Yeah, that's, that's a really 
powerful question. Um, I've been asked this question before or kind of asked it in a sense to myself that like, just looking back on my life, because when I really did give God everything and really let God have the goods and the bad in my life, it really did transform my life from the inside out. And granted, it wasn't an overnight thing. It wasn't in an instant. It took pro- it was a process um, because I still held on to a lot. And it took time um, to grieve and to let go and to let God move. But ultimately, when I did give God everything and let him have my fear and let him have all that I was, it really did transform my life into a whole new creation, right? Like um Bible talks about the old man has passed away, all things become new. Um, and it was really true for me. Like when I gave God my fear and my hurts, he set me free. He set my life on a new path and he gave me a new hope and a new joy. He like, he started to do things in my life that I at one point thought would never be able to happen. I mean, I got to preach my first sermon when I was 14. Like when in that time in my life, when I was struggling so much, I thought I'd never be able to preach that God was just going to be done with my life. Like maybe the best I was going to get was to be able to be on right terms with God again. But he quickly began to show me that like, no, that's not what he had for me. He had much greater than what I could ever see for me in my own view because like our view is kind of like taking a, a pin a pin light and shining it in the the darkest cave and seeing that versus god's like taking like just the sun and placing it in that cave and lighting everything up because that's okay. how much greater yeah. he has like his vision is so much better than ours than we could ever imagine and so i really do like the thought of like when you surrender all to God, it's really like that, that poker term going all in. Um, because really you have, once you go all in, you have nothing left to lose and you, you have everything to gain. And so when we do this, when we give our lives to God and we go all in, right, we have nothing left to lose because if anything, our life's just going to get better. I mean, what was better in our lives in sin and in hurt and in pain, um, but ultimately we have everything to gain when we go all in with God. And trust me when I say that God is so much better at this than we ever could be He is so much more in store for us than we could ever imagine. And ultimately it comes down to just your decision of what you're going to do with your life because nobody else can force you to truly have a relationship with God. Right. Growing up in church, I learned that like, it, going to church didn't necessarily make me a Christian, didn't necessarily make me a good person, but it was when I gave my life to Jesus and when I accepted him into my heart, that's when the true power began to happen and the true transformation began to happen in my life. Amen, bro. That's powerful right there. I want to say a scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have I have for you, declare the Lord, declares the Lord, plans for warfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. That I feel like that adds to what you're saying, because mm-hmm. God has plans for us, bro. Like, there's a reason why we're saved. There's a reason why we're going through what we're going through, because He has something bigger than we would. Like you said, He has a better vision than us, 
He sees things that we don't see. He sees the future, what's, what, what we could do in our lives, how many people we could make an impact to. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what what's important, making impact in other people's lives and spreading the gospel. Because that's the, the truth. That's the whole thing right there. That's the whole shebang. That God is king. He's yeah. going to come back one day, and we got to have a relationship with him. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, um, and we're going to be moving on to our next subject. So we talked last episode about fear and anxiety going into that. Uh, we talked, just talked about um, what to do with that fear and anxiety. And now Christopher mentioned he wanted to talk about what we are called to do and what we need to do with the gift of salvation that God has given us. And uh, we have already kind of touched on that, but we're formally moving on to that subject. But just that God has so much more for us than we could ever have imagined. And that um, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. So therefore, trusting God with our plans, because it says, I have plans for peace, well-being, a future, and a hope. So they are they're more than what possibly what you could more than what you could ever do with your life, right? So um, I read this in Genesis um, actually this morning, but um, I remember I took note of it and I didn't think about saying it on this podcast episode, but um, it's really linking to what we need to do with our salvation. It's uh, Genesis 45, 4 through 8. It says, and Joseph came to his brothers saying, please come closer to me. And they approached him. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me ahead of you to save life and preserve our family. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are still five more years in which there will be no plowing and harvesting. God sent me to Egypt ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to keep you alive by great escape. So now it is not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his household and ruler and ruler over all of the land of Egypt. So Joseph is acknowledging here that through his pain and his disaster, it was actually God who had orchestrated, you know, we all know the life of Joseph that he was sold and betrayed by his brothers. Um, and he was in jail and, you know, he interpreted dreams and he was there for a while. And, you know, and then he eventually rose and became Pharaoh's second hand. And before he became Pharaoh's second hand, he was, he went through a lot of troubling times and a lot of hard times. So Joseph in the scripture acknowledges that it was God who did that to preserve his family in the future and i just thought that this was powerful that joseph joseph is acknowledging that god had a plan and even in the times in which he had fear and anxiety in the times of chaos he was in control god was in control because that's what god wanted him to do because god wanted to preserve his family in the years of the famine yeah yeah that's it's a really powerful thought. I really like that. But I didn't even think about using that scripture that 
that God brought Joseph through that time to really do something great and mighty and just totally out of the blue, out of what his brothers probably ever thought was going to happen to him when they got rid of him. And it really makes me think of like our lives as Christians and even those that aren't quite Christians yet or that haven't quite surrendered surrendered their lives to God yet there's so much more for them that God has for the plan for their life but it ultimately comes down to like when God gives us this gift um, a verse I think about is um, Mark uh, 16 15 go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature and like that's the kind of shortened version of it but like that right there is powerful because that sums up like the vision of our fellowship, but also like the vision of what our lives should be that ultimately we've been saved by grace. We've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, that we should take our gift and go into the whole world and preach the gospel and let everybody know that the hope that we have is for everybody. It's not just for those select few. I've heard people talk about, um, I can't remember what religion it is, but it's like, you're predestined either to salvation or to condemnation. And to me, that was such a wicked thought. Like God doesn't just pick and choose who he loves. He loves each and every one of us unconditionally with all that he is. And whether we choose to accept his gift and do his will with that gift that he gave us is a whole different matter than him deciding to love us. Um, but in my own life, I really had to think about, uh, like, what was I going to do with the gift God had given me? I mean, he gave me a second chance at life because there was multiple times where I had tried to commit suicide, where ultimately, if there wasn't a part of me that I couldn't see that was calling out to me to to still have that joy and that peace and that love, then I ultimately probably wouldn't have made it to where I am today and probably wouldn't be alive. And so like God really did give me a second chance at life, I feel like. And it's really powerful because I think about every day, like what am I going to do with this chance at life God has given me? And ultimately I think it's a question we should all ask ourselves as young people and as people in this world. I mean, what are we going to do with the time we have spent on this earth? Um, I heard a, I saw like a short clip of a video. It was somebody, I can't remember exactly the numbers, but it was like 80, what if each person had 80, I think it was like 80, no, 867 or 60 seconds a day or uh, um, dollars a day, right? It's like you have, it's like almost a million dollars a day. And at the end of the day, all that money disappears. So you only have that day to spend it. What are you going to do with that money? And then he turns around and he says, well, this is how many seconds you have in a day. I can't remember the exact number. I think it's like 860,000 seconds in a day. He said, now what are you going to do with that time, right? At the end of the day, the clock's going to reset. It's going to be a new beginning. What are you going to do with that time in your life? Are you going to do things that are going to benefit this world? Are you going to do things that destroy this world? And I think as young people and as Christians that we should ask ourselves, are we doing things that is going to benefit the kingdom of God? And is that, 
is it going to reach the lost and the broken of this world? I mean, you guys are down in California. You probably see a lot of crazy stuff going on. Even up here in Vancouver, I mean, I'm just over the bridge from Portland. I mean, in Portland, everybody's heard about Portland and the riots and the, the murders and the craziness that's gone on around me. I mean, um, at my old house, there was somebody got shot like three blocks away from us. And it was really shocking to us, like in this part of town, like really you wouldn't expect this, but it really shows that sin isn't limited to a certain part of a city or a certain part of the world. It truly is boundless and it truly is like everywhere. And it's our job as Christians to go out and to preach the gospel to those lost and hurting people, to preach the gospel to those that don't know God and help them see that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one should enter the kingdom except through the Son, Jesus Christ. And like, so I, I asked this question to a lot of young people and to the sermons I've preached to the youth, like, what are you going to do with the power that God has given you, right? What are you going to do with the Holy Spirit? What are you going to do with your salvation, with this joy, this peace, this love that you have? Like, what are you going to do with the fruits of the spirit that we each have as Christians? And I think it's a question we should all answer. And because ultimately we're going to be held accountable to God. Like he's going to ask, what did we do with this gift he gave us? Right. It talks about in the Bible. I can't remember exactly where, but he says uh, it's the people that come into the gates of heaven or come into heaven and they stand before the throne and God asks them, they say, who are you? Those who practice lawlessness. And they say, God, we, we cast out, we casted out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. We did all these things in your name, yet they never did it with the right heart. They never did it like truly for God. And so what are we going to do with the gift God has given us? Are we going to squander it away on things of this world? Or are we going to use it to truly reach people in this world? Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Um, we encourage you, if you still have not seen part one, check out part one on our YouTube channel or our Spotify. It is Fear and Anxiety part one make sure you check that out we thank you guys for tuning in make sure you check our instagram our spotify and our youtube channel for uh, updates and episodes episodes will only be releasing on spotify and youtube instagram will be solely for clips and announcements but we thank you guys for supporting us leave a like do all that stuff subscribe do whatever you whatever you do uh share this content content with your friends Thank you guys for being a part of this. We thank you guys for supporting us. Have a great day. God bless. You heard a lot of my story and a lot of how God has changed my life. And it's really a powerful story of what God can do, not alone in just my life, but what he can do in lives across the world. Um, I've seen many, many people changed by the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son, that none should perish, but that all should make everlasting life with him. And it wouldn't be right if we continue to do these podcasts and continue to share stories with you about God's power in our lives. If we didn't give you an opportunity 
to make that choice for yourself. And so today, wherever you're watching, whatever time it is, God is there with you and he can always change your life. It's through a simple prayer of repentance and accepting God as your Lord and Savior that he can save you from your sin, no matter what your sin may be, no matter how difficult it may seem that the sin you're bound in is, God can set you free and he can give you a new hope, a new life, just as he did in my life, as you heard in my my story and my testimony and what I've talked about so far. God loves us, each and every one of us, no matter what our past is or what our history is. God sent his son to die on that cross, Jesus Christ, so that we could be set free, that we could be delivered and have a new life. And so I want to give you guys an opportunity, if you just want to repeat after me, wherever you're at, um, just as between you and God, it's a sacred moment because if you truly mean it in your heart, God will forgive you and he will accept you into the beloved as one of his children. And so if you just repeat after me and you mean it in your heart, you can just pray this prayer and you can make heaven your home. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I accept you into my life. I confess that I am a sinner and I commit my life to you. I ask that you would help me to continue to follow you through each and every day and through each and every trial. God, I thank you for your son that you sent to die on that cross to pay for my sin. And I know that I am forgiven and that I am set free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.